Hi, I'm Marcus, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon. You can too by visiting patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I'm John. Joining me, as always, is Mo. Hey, everybody. And, of course, George is here with us. Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we're remembering a man who spent more than four decades creating quality children's television programming. And if you watched TV growing up as a Gen Xer, he was probably one of your childhood friends. (laughs) We're talking (laughs) about the life, work, and legacy of Mr. Rogers. Man, so in preparing for this, I kept getting paralyzed by like, am I going to do it justice? Am I going to do this man justice? (laughs) You know? (laughs) So finally, I had that inner Fred Rogers in my head said, John, just remember relax. Do your best. It will be okay. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. And so I did. I relaxed now. (laughs) Before we get into talking about the legend that is Fred Rogers, though, I do want to start with some fourth listener email. Yeah, your favorite part. Yeah, it is my favorite part. Absolutely. (laughs) And a fourth listener this episode is Karen F. And the subject line from Karen was newish fourth listener. Okay. Okay, I'll take it. And Karen says, hi, I've been listening to both the backlist and your most recent episodes. I listened to the new ones when they release on Thursday mornings and the backlist whenever I get a chance. I was also a fan of Timeless and Killing Eve, uh, and I've been celebrating the renewal announcement for Resident Alien. Obviously a person <laughs> of quality. <laughs> Clearly, right? Amongst our favorites. Resident Alien, right up there. Yeah, yeah. George introduced that one to us. and oh, yeah. uh, yep. You even said you thought it would not get renewed, just cursed because I, it was so good. Yeah, no, there were too many things against it. Yeah, uh, we fought the odds. Uh, Karen goes on to say, recently I listened to the show you did on the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I enjoyed it so much. I played it a second time while I was eating dinner with my mother, who did want to be a librarian. Wow. All right. See, there you go. <laughs> but she had to settle for helping me and my brother and sometimes our friends with our research papers. Yeah. So yeah. she was uh, she was the, the acting librarian for your family and friends, right. I suppose. Yep. She goes on to say, I'm looking forward to the next new episode, but I'm definitely going to be enjoying the past episodes along the way. Forever fourth listener, Karen. Wow, thank you, Karen. Cool. Excellent. Thank you for writing in, Karen. We appreciate you. Karen actually just became a patron of ours over on Patreon. So thank you for that. thank you. Yeah, right. We appreciate that you wrote in and became a patron. If you would like your email featured here on the show, it's really easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one and most of them, like Karen's, makes the show. Talk about that Dewey Decimal System episode. As much as we make fun of it, to tell you the truth, it is what was one of my favorite ones that we did. (laughs) But it's just an odd topic, though. And before we get into this Mr. Rogers backtrack, one more item of business that I want to mention, and that is we talk often about uh, giving us reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. But Podchaser.com is running a special promotion this month, the month of April 2021. Every podcast review that is hit on their site, they're going to donate 25 cents to Meals on Wheels. Yeah. So worthy. if you've been thinking about giving us a review, if you procrastinating or you want to or just looking for a better reason, uh, we'll put a link down in the show notes down there or just go to podchaser.com and look for Gen X Grown Up. We appreciate the review. It really helps people find us. Uh, you leave a review and we respond to it. It'll double it, make it a 50 cents. So it's a great oh. time to hop in and uh, leave a review. 
<sighs> okay, take a deep breath now. <laughs> channel again, channel my inner Fred Rogers. It's time to <laughs> calmly step into this. George, you ready to talk about some Mr. Rogers? Absolutely. Mo? <sighs> yes. Yes. Okay, let's do it. We'll get into it right after this break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you, so let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please won't you be my neighbor? Hello, neighbor. Now, without a doubt, I think the, the key focus and how we all know Fred Rogers came out of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Oh, for sure. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. That's probably the bulk of what we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yeah. But first, I think it's important that we talk about the man behind that legendary television series that we all came home to almost every day after school. And that's Fred McFeely Rogers. What a middle name. McFeely. Especially for a kid show TV host. That just feels wrong. <laughs> McFeely? Well, his middle name was the name of the mailman, right? Mr. McFeely yeah, who would right. come in. Right, yeah, yeah. You picked that up. Yep. Fred was born March 20th, 1928 in Pennsylvania. He prepared for his life in television, not knowing he was. He got his bachelor's degree in music from Rollins College in 1951. He got his bachelor's in divinity from Pittsburgh Theological Seminary in 62. And then he became a Presbyterian minister in 1963. And you know what else? I mean, the guy has over 40 honorary degrees. Mm -hmm. And he's won like a ton of different awards. I mean, things like, you know, the Presidential Medal of Freedom and Lifetime Achievement Emmy in 1997. I mean, the guy, I mean, he just won awards like everywhere. Well, it's because of his good works. I yeah. mean, so now that's his background. We know him most in television, but before Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, he actually got started in television well before that. He worked for NBC in New York back in the early 50s. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. In 53, he started to work for children's programming at NET, which later became PBS that we all know it. Oh, yeah. So NET was the predecessor of PBS? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Before it was a large like organization, it was oh, just local. I guess. Yeah, right. Okay, that makes sense. A lot of PBS really started kind of in the New England area and then kind of spread out kind of in Boston and Pittsburgh and that stuff up in there. Yeah. There was a great quote I found from him that he said, <laughs> I went into television because I hated it so. And I thought there was some way of using this fabulous instrument to nurture those who would watch and listen. <laughs> and boy, did he do that. Oh yeah. my goodness. Jeez. <laughs> With a vengeance. Right. So we're not going to beat around the Bush getting into Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, but I do want to mention a couple of things that he did just before that. So for a time after becoming a minister, he was working in television in Canada, and he started and helped to found the Children's Corner 
1955, but he was just kind of an assistant. He worked off camera. He helped develop puppets and characters and music, a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff that he would carry over into his own shows. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yep. And he had another series actually called Mr. Rogers, all one word, that was in Canada <laughs> in 62. And this was that Canadian station who said, Fred, we've seen you talk with children. We've seen you work with kids. You should be the one on camera. And so they started that series for him in 1962. Uh, it was just 15 minutes, black and white. It was Fred on camera <laughs> talking to kids. And uh, actually, that is what parlayed ultimately when he came back to the United States at WQED. They got the rights to that and they spawned it into Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood that we all know and love. That's awesome. When we get back right after this break, we are going to jump into the legendary Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Stick around. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes. And luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts. And I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style. And together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes. If you will look carefully, listen carefully, you will find a lot of things carefully. Look. So as the like elder Gen Xer here, right. <laughs> I probably saw more Mr. Rogers than you did because the show started super early. I mean, it started in 1968. Mm-hmm. Yep. But let me tell you, I mean, it was just an amazing show. I watched it, I think, pretty much every time it came on TV. And do you know it ran for 895 episodes? Wow. You know, I didn't realize it ran that long. I mean, I realized it ran a while. Yeah, I know. But- Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, it ran for like 33 years. <laughs> just about. I mean, on and off. Well, but it was daily, wasn't it? So if it was daily for 33 years... That'd be a hell of a lot more than 895 episodes. My guess is that there were a lot of repeats and... Sure, there's yes, hiatuses there yeah. and stuff. It must yeah. have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right Especially, you are. like, when they say 2001, he did take a long break in there, and he came back to, like, a single season, I think, in 2001, like, kind of mm-hmm. end it. So there was, like, a big, big break in there at some point. So for me, I mean, the most iconic thing, I mean, I think they even did it for, like, the trailer for the movies and stuff, is, like, that opening song. Mm-hmm. When he's coming in, right. it's, it's a beautiful day. You know? Well, you start with that slow pan, like, into the kind of... The the model neighborhood and you're, you're seeing the toy cars and the little buildings and the right. streets and you're coming in, you, you come down on the house and then you see Fred Rogers. He walks in the house. He's already singing the song and he's taken off his work clothes and putting on his home clothes. He's taken right. off the, the blazer, <laughs> right. putting on the sweater, he's taken off whatever his dress shoes right. and he's he tying up the on. sneakers. Right. That always confused me as a kid because my father never came home and yeah. took off a jacket <laughs> and put on a sweater. <laughs> put on different clothes. Put on different shoes like like when he came home, like the stuff he wanted to take off came off and then he just sat in a chair. So I never understood the whole <laughs> motif of, I'm going to take this off and put this on and now I'm going to be at home, dad. That wasn't a thing in my house except for on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yeah, I'm with you on that yeah, one, George. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, even starting in that opening animation, one of the hallmarks of Mr. Rogers was everything was very deliberate. So first he mm-hmm. was always talking to one person on the camera. He's saying, you, neighbor. He was talking right to me as a kid, right? 
right. he was talking, not to, hey, this giant audience, but talking to that, you, that individual. And everything he did was very deliberate and single task. Mm-hmm. He was feeding the fish. He stopped everything else and he fed the fish. If he, if they had done, if he needed to clean a paintbrush, he was doing that while he was talking about cleaning the paintbrush. And it was very kind of zen. It was very comforting and it wasn't fast paced. It almost seems like counterintuitive. Like that's a TV show. That's going to hold kids <laughs> interest. But I was captivated. I couldn't stop watching. Yeah. I'd say, especially given like today with the catchword multitasking, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you can't have dinner with friends without somebody having their phone out or or watch a movie and you look at my kids and they're like looking at their phones. I'm like, why aren't you paying attention to this movie? And it's just so counter that. Personally, I wish we had more of that, like just focus on one thing at a time and just give it your full attention. Well, I know my mother told me later on, like when I was in my mid to late 20s or so, that she really liked the Mr. Rogers TV show, not just because she liked the character and the guy and everything else, but mm-hmm. for me being such a hyper young person, I was always mm-hmm. running around like crazy in the house, bouncing balls off the walls and throwing stuff. <laughs> and everything like that. But Mr. Rogers would come on and unlike any of the other shows, Captain Kangaroo or the cartoons or anything else, Mr. Rogers would come on and it was like I was instantly calm. And I think that yeah. was in large part due to him and his nature and the way he did, like you said, John, the one thing at a time. Yeah. She said that it was weird because for probably an hour or two after the show would go off, I would stay in that same mode. And so That's it really, kind of gave her a break cool. a little bit from dealing with the monster that I was. Stay. <laughs> <laughs> To the Mr. Rogers zone for a while. Right. Well, I could see that. It, it, it was calming. And, you know, that was his intent. We'll talk a little bit more about kind of his activism and other stuff. But he was a not just in his show, but he was an advocate for children's personal mental health and wellness mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And he tried to drive that home in everything that he did. And it came through in his shows. It's like, you watch the show and you think it's like he actually cares about me. And, and it's it, the secret twist was he actually did. Right. He actually did. Right. It wasn't a put on. It wasn't a, a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Once he got himself situated and he put on the, the in the house sweater and shoes that we didn't have in our house ever. But he never knew what was going to happen in the show. He could start with talking about some current events or could talk about, you know, some toy he brought with. He might bring something in. He'd have a package. What did I bring with me Ooh, today? That yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> right. He'd have something that you know, what's in the box. Box. Do you want to see? And it would be, you know, who knows? It could be. Yeah. And know. it wasn't the seven what's in the box. No, no, right. not, no never. <laughs> never. <laughs> Although never, somebody ever. needs to do a mashup of that at some point if they haven't already. <laughs> just him just taking stuff out of a box like endlessly. Yeah, just like <laughs> right. clips between him and Brad Pitt. What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to know, neighbor? <laughs> I really, really do. Uh, but he had tons of stuff he would do, even if they didn't go out and do something else or he had something planned. There was always the rote things he would do, like I mentioned, right. like feed the fish and check on the plants and that sort of thing. And there was established things there on the set in the apartment. He did lots of puppetry and the voice work that he did for the entire neighborhood of make-believe that took place kind of in a parallel world behind the walls. It's funny now I think about it. It's like as a kid, I never attached him to all the voices. I didn't either. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah. No. but now when I, if I see it today, I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. It's him. You know, but right. as a kid, I like, I thought they had like a team of people back there. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. well, as a kid, I thought the puppets were the voices. I thought they were alive. So they yeah. were them. You know, yeah. Right. I didn't yep. think of any human doing, you know, the King's voice or the tiger mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. any of them. Mm-hmm. I thought it was right. 
just the puppets. Yeah, me too. For some reason, my favorite part was the trolley, or one mm-hmm. of my favorite parts, I should say, yep. just because like you knew when the trolley came in, and the trolley wasn't like a mechanical thing; it was a person because it would talk, move the trolley, would, would the react, trip. right? Yeah, ding 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 ding, right? And then to me, just the idea of this toy trolley going into a tunnel in a ha- normal house with quotes around it, right, mm-hmm. and coming yep. out into this other world was very like kind of Lion Witch or wardrobe sort of thing. You know, I mean, like it's like a, it kind of took you to another place, which I thought was pretty awesome transition. Well, sure. I mean, the trolley was that was the portal between right. the real world and this land of make believe where they would ultimately go back. That's how they would explore themes. They would put on little sketches and skits mm-hmm. about whatever the topic was of the day. And they had many of these characters, some of which these characters were actually created for his earlier work we talked about over in the uh, the Children's Corner and the Mr. Rogers show in Canada. Many of those characters they brought over, like the meow, 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 the little Daniel Tiger. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, um, there was the King, right? Oh, King Friday the 13th. What a name. Oh, that's right. Yep. 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 <laughs> the little hoot owl who was up in the tree with the clock on it. I remember the clock. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was the the spooky one, Lady Elaine. Lady I never Fairchild. liked her. She was the, she looked so weird. She looked <laughs> yeah. like a Punch and Judy puppet. Like yeah, she very much. She was so. hard faced, so she wasn't soft like a sock puppet. Right. She always creeped me out, but <laughs> but they would carry on those little skits over there that that reinforced whatever the message was of the day of the Mister Rogers show. And and there were some live action people in there too. They often had people would come in and stand yeah. and talk to the puppets and interact. And one of the things that they, Fred Rogers never like talked down to children. I mean, both figuratively and literally. If you ever see him speaking to a kid, he gets down on his knee and looks him in the eye. But I also mean, he he doesn't shy away from topics that otherwise people just push kids in the corner and don't talk about. On the show, they would talk about sibling rivalry and grief and loss. Yeah. Because often a kid is, you know, I feel weird. I hear adults talk about things and I'm scared, but they won't sit down and go, well, here's what's wrong. This thing happened or we lost the house or a family member passed. They will just say, don't worry and hide it from them. And and it becomes a cloud in their mind. Yeah. I thought it was also very effective as I realized later on in life, now that I'm older, that was exactly what Elmo started doing on Sesame Street after they introduced that character. And I often Hmm. wondered if they didn't take a little bit of the Mr. Rogers formula and breed it into Elmo. Because if you remember, Elmo was one of those puppets that he would oftentimes talk directly to the children. And because he had that higher pitched voice, he was more like mm-hmm. a child himself. Right, he was right. the yeah. younger Muppet on there. And I think Mr. Rogers, like you said, he would physically drop his stature down because he was a tall, skinny man. Mm-hmm. He would drop right. down so that he was on an eye level with the children. And just the way his voice would work, I thought that he was so effective at that, that that's what they tried to emulate with Elmo later on. Mm-hmm. That's oh, a good point. I thought of that. So I got to tell you, one of the ones that he did that really was like hit me was the he talked about divorce mm, and I don't know if right. you remember I still remember that episode because I remember Mr. McFeely the mailman was coming in and I think he was getting married or something and they were talking about that oh. and then he kind of pivoted to like divorce on that and at the time I mean I probably saw it before this but around that time my parents were actually getting a divorce the thing I remember most about that is that him saying like again I felt like he was talking to me was that no matter what he says it's not your fault you know mm-hmm. as a kid it's not your fault it's so sometimes people two people are just unhappy with each other and it's the best yeah. thing that they could do so that they become happy, you know. But whatever it is, he kept going back to, but it's not your fault. Like you had nothing to do with this. Just that reinforcement. Yeah. And as a kid, I was just like, he gets me. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> awesome. 
Well, he realized that even kids need to hear that stuff. I mean, maybe, maybe as an adult, you know that this is not my fault or this is whatever. But as adults, we like that reinforcement. But even more so, kids needed that. And on his show, he always was ultimately honest, open, and truthful yeah. with you, the audience, you, the kid. It endeared him to you. You trusted him because he was honest with you. And it made that connection with that television character. For me, at least, I mean, I won't speak for you guys, but it made it feel real. Like, yeah. I know he doesn't know me personally, but like you said, Mo, he gets me. He understands me. Yeah. He's, uh, he's he's helping me. He cares about me. He did. He actually did. Maybe not yeah. you personally, but he cared about the welfare of kids. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So I know I mentioned like the trolley is my favorite part and him coming in is okay. But honestly, my favorite, <laughs> favorite part. They're all your favorite parts. <laughs> you know, A1 <laughs> on my list. I love the field trip episodes. I don't know why, but he did one where they went to like a paper bag factory or something crazy like that. Okay. And I yeah. was just fascinated by that, the process. So you're talking about any time that they left his house, they went out somewhere else right. to and visit talked someone. to somebody who did something or uh-huh. made yeah. something or... Sometimes they went to a place and the person was like a sculptor and they talked about him doing sculpture. Mm-hmm. And I mean, right. any of those things for some reason, just I don't know why. I just thought it was like maybe because they weren't every episode. So they felt like they were kind of special because when they would do them. OK, yeah, right. But regardless, though, like I don't know why. But even today, like there's a this show on Discovery called How It's Made. Mm-hmm, right. They have some really like here's how we make gummy bears. And I will watch every single one of those damn things <laughs> <laughs> because I just find them interesting. Well, it's because you were programmed by Mr. Rogers Neighborhood to enjoy those things. Must be, must be. Understand. Well, this show, as you said, ran for 33 years, almost 900 episodes. So invariably, unavoidably, Mr. Rogers had a huge impact on all of pop culture and our culture in general. Uh, And I think uh, we'll dive into that a little bit more right after this break. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Now, we've been pretending that X the Owl is giving flying lessons to anyone who wants them. But last time, Lady Elaine said she was going to teach people to fly high because she had a hat with a propeller on it. So let's think more about that as the trolley goes into the neighborhood of make-believe. As I was just mentioning, the fact that you're on television for decades and decades and you're, you're right inside of our homes and you're talking to kids, you're going to have just an indelible impact on not just the kids, but the generations that follow that, that are built up. Uh, for my money, I, I would say that the, the biggest impact that I saw coming out of Fred Rogers in general, in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood in particular, was he was an influence on our generation, Generation Xers and beyond, to try to be more empathetic and considerate yeah. to your peers, your friends. And it's it almost makes you like I wish I could live up to that. He 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 kind of was that person, and you're like I don't think I could ever be that good. But the fact that you saw a real person was that good and could could do those good works and be that kind all the time, it made you want to try and be yeah. a little bit more like him, didn't it? So John, yeah, I totally agree. And the thing that got me is that I know a lot of people look at Mr. Rogers 
Rogers is like, oh, you know, he's the everyone gets a trophy kind of person, but he really wasn't. I didn't see it that way. Yeah. You know, he talked about how to lose well. I remember mm-hmm. the episode on that and not that, you know, OK, if you try and fail, that's OK. Not that you should always get an award. I never saw him say or even imply that, although I think because of his nature, I think a lot of people assume that's what he was that kind of person. You know, I, I think quite to the opposite. I mean, evidence to the contrary, he appeared on Sesame Street one episode when Big Bird and Snuffleupagus were going to have a, a foot race. They were going to race and Snuffleupagus won and Big Bird was mad about it. Oh. And Mr. Rogers appeared on that show <laughs> and talked to Big Bird as just like he was an audience member, another child that he knew, explaining that just because you're in a competition with a friend and you lose, you don't have to have bad feelings. I know it doesn't feel good. It doesn't have to hurt your friendship. Mm-hmm. He was like a therapy even to other television personalities. <laughs> he definitely didn't say you deserve an award. He said, yeah, you lost. You both did your best, but you're still friends. That doesn't supersede that. Yeah, he definitely wasn't that guy. Yeah. He was just also just a honest person. And you knew talking to him that he was sincere and he was like a real, like he was real when he was talking to you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever saw that speech he gave into the U.S. subcommittee on communications when they were going to cut funding for public television. It was in 1969. Mm-hmm. And if, if guys, it's on YouTube. If anybody out there gets an opportunity to hear this, he actually changed the mind of the hardcore senator senators who was in like, real time. I, the guy, yeah. after hearing him speak, he's like, you know, he says, you, he actually said that. He says, you changed my opinion on this, you know, he, which I was like, wow. I mean, when's the last time you heard someone, a senator not up there pontificating about his side or whatever, and actually saying that, wow, you changed what something I thought. And say so he was just a real person. And in true Fred Rogers fashion, he didn't scream and kind of pound his fist and kind of make a bunch of points. He spoke directly to that senator. Right. And he said, one of the most important things I believe in is trust. This document I was going to read to you is long. You say you're going to read it. I'm just going to trust that you're going to read it. Let's just talk a little bit. And he talked about <laughs> what he believed. And you saw that guy go from, go ahead, Mr. You know, go ahead, Fred Rogers, talk what you want to talk about. Yeah, whatever. To, I want to see a copy of the show. You've earned your money. Thank you for coming. It was almost like he became a fan in the course yeah. of 10 minutes. It was pretty amazing. Just goes to speak to that he even outside of his show. I mean, for that, he was looking for funding for PBS, right? but he was an advocate for the things that he believed in, whether it was his show or kids' rights or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing I think is most amazing about him, he was such a huge public figure, but he never, there's just really nothing that really messes up his legacy. I mean, you know, you look at today, like all these stars that come out there and maybe if they had Twitter and all that stuff back then, maybe things would be different. <laughs> oh, he tweeted this in the second grade. Just looking at his life, I can't think of anybody who could say anything really bad about him other than that stupid rumor that he was a sniper in Vietnam or something like that. Yeah. Malarkey. Which <laughs> was just silly. Well, he's a public figure who literally never fell from grace. There was not a period of time when he got out of the public eye and, you know, he changed his attitude or he had some you know, some weird cult he got into or anything like that. (laughs) You know, so often you have a celebrity who gets tarnished like that. And his legacy was never tarnished. He stayed that same kind of core person all the way up until he passed away in, you know, early 2000s. Yeah. And also, I think the fact that his character was him, like he wasn't, I mean, look at things like, I think there was a controversy with the Blues Clues guy or something like that, you know, because the guy was an actor Mm -hmm. and he was up there acting a part and his real life wasn't anything like the part he was playing. It's a good point. He's he's not a character at all. He's right. He was him. He played him. He is who he is. And that came across. And that carried over even after he passed away, you know. He had a huge impact on us growing up as Generation Xers, but he continued to have an impact. Uh, It's still affecting our culture. Uh, His legacy continues today. And we're going to touch on that right after the break. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. 
We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Uncle Friday, come to the castle garden, please. Miss Severin, I presume. Correct as usual, Uncle Friday. Have you prepared a picnic? I have Uncle Friday Tuesdays falling down. Oh, son, are you all right, dear? Oh, my arm hurts a little bit, Mother. Uh, I will find uh, Dr. Bill immediately. Imagine, imagine. Uh, what is this hat you're wearing? Uh, someone told me it would help me fly high. And you fell for that? Poor dear. After 40 plus years on television, 33 of those as uh, Mr. Rogers in the Mr. Rogers neighborhood, we lost Fred Rogers in 2003 at the age of 74. Uh, he was still married up until the day that he passed away. He was yeah. still uh, in the public eye to some degree, uh, you know, doing public appearances and stuff like that for PBS and got inducted into the Television Hall of Fame shortly before he passed in 1997. And what was the holdup was my first question there. <laughs> <laughs> it took you that long to recognize uh, the legacy. I'm sure they figured they would get to it eventually. But yeah, yeah, yeah they did. <laughs> they usually wait till like, you know, they feel a person's career is almost over. You're like they do toward, that toward retirement, right? I guess. Yeah, yeah sure. They're like, right. apparently this man's not going to retire. He's still working. <laughs> well, maybe that was the beginning of that gap that you talked about, Mo, where he had the long oh, gap true. between when the show was mm, on and when he came be. back for that last season. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But well beyond the scope of his own works, both his life and his legacy and just his demeanor mm. appeared in all kinds of pop culture and film and content both during and after his life. Yeah. I, I know that there's a long running sketch on Saturday Night Live, thanks to Eddie Murphy. The was it was at Mr. Robinson's, Robinson's neighborhood. Mr. Robinson's Very neighborhood. Much a parody. Yeah. And, and apparently Mr. Rogers saw that and thought it was funny. Really? <laughs> yeah. I always wondered that. Apparently he said that, I mean, he wasn't like a big fan of the uh, the language necessarily. Sure. But he thought that, he, he laughed at it. He said he thought it was really funny. He says it's not for kids, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Right. There have been a couple of modern films come out that are either directly about or related to him, right? There's so was the uh, there was that Tom Hanks uh, film that was kind of yeah. not about Mr. Rogers, but more about his legacy and somebody kind of getting exposed to him. Yeah, that one I really is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, right? Right, exactly. And that yep. one I thought it was kind of funny because here's a guy trying to find dirt, mm-hmm. right? A uh, Mr. Rogers, yep. basically, that was his job. And instead, he kind of looked at himself instead, you know, because Mr. Rogers, like he couldn't find anything on him. And I guess it was like the standard that was like, okay, well, and I have to admit the way Mr. Rogers portrayed, he was definitely not a average person. You know, I hesitate mm-hmm. to use the word even normal person. I mean, he almost seems unreal because mm-hmm. yeah. you sit there and you talk to him and, and you think that his character can't be a real person. A person can't go through life like that. But apparently he did. It seemed like it. Well, we talked on the show back when it came out. I want to say this was a couple of years ago. There was an actual documentary called Won't You Be My Neighbor? And uh, I think all three of us saw that. And it oh, was, yeah. that was powerful. Oh my God. I still haven't seen it. Really? Have you not? Uh, nope. Oh boy. Oh boy. No, I, won't, I probably won't watch it just because of the way you two described it. <laughs> 
it's, when you want to feel good about him, it, which is not difficult, it's such a heartfelt and honest uh, documentary about just what he believed, what he thought, how he treated people. Yeah, for me, it's in the same vein as Pursuit of Happiness, the Will Smith movie. There's oh, that was hard, that oh, movie that ripped your is, heart out. Yeah, there's parts that just make you yeah rip your heart out. Exactly. <laughs> the one should be my neighbor. The thing I, I guess I would say annoyed was the right word. It got me a little angry watching it. Was I realized like how far we were? You know, looking at today's politics and people and things. I mean, were we progressed to since then? Is that what right. you're saying? Or not progressed? Yeah. Or not progressed? Really? You know, here's an ideal that this guy is just. I mean, he said he was just generally. I think a good person. He was. So yep. on a side note, did you guys know, I actually, I think I mentioned this before, but I met him. You I did mention got to that. Meet back Mr. when we talked about it. Yeah. Um, it was back when I was in college in Pittsburgh and, you know, my fraternity was doing like one of those, remember the old days when they used to have the pledge drives and sure. had the people oh, manning the phone banks because <laughs> that's how they did it back then. Yeah. George and I have manned some phone banks for PBS, haven't we? A long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we were manning the phone banks and this is a QED in Pittsburgh. He comes in to thank us for doing this a wonderful thing you can see you know, young people helping out. Da, 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 da. Wow. And mm. uh, we got to see the set of Mr. Rogers. Oh, too. damn. And we were talking when the guys, I guess he was like producer. I'm not sure what his role was there. And we we're like, afterwards, we all kind of looked at him. He looked at us and he's like, yes, he's always like that. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. he knew a question we were asking, like, is this guy real? So the guy's like, yes, that that's just him. You know, that's just the way that's he awesome. is. They say don't meet your heroes. And then you meet one and they are what you expect them to be. And that's yeah. just fantastic. It's everything about him has from his life to his legacy, to how he treated people, to even how we look back on him today. If there's a Mount Rushmore of Gen X television celebrities and hosts, I think you got to put Fred Rogers up there. He's one of those that had a huge impact on us throughout Gen X. Whether you're a young Gen Xer or an old Gen Xer, he was present. He was here. Absolutely. It's such a good feeling to know you're alive. It's such a happy feeling. You're growing inside. And when you wake up ready to say, I think I'll make a snappy new day. It's such a good feeling. A very good feeling, the feeling you know that I'll be back when the day is new and I'll have more ideas for you and you'll have things you'll want to talk about. I will too. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy, plus you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. As I said at the beginning of this episode, I feel that no matter what we say about Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, we've missed something amazing. If you enjoyed this episode and you have memories about him or you got to meet him or you have some thoughts, be sure to write us podcast at genxgrownup.com. We'd like to hear some more memories about Mr. Rogers from your point of view, because again, he spanned all of the Gen X era. Before we leave this episode, though, I always like to take just a moment here at the end to thank the folks who support us financially, whether it's over on Patreon or one of our YouTube members 
members. And I'm going to start with all those amazing patrons. Thank you, Levi, Chris, Dana, John with an H, Shelby, Tony G, Miss So, Jason, Sean, Greg Z, Tony R, Butterspider, T2, David, Thomas, Travis, Slowmo, Chad, Marcus, Arlems, Chewbacca, Uno, Clay, Aaron, Mark, Dan, Davis, Agile, Matt, Ben, Blasseter, Stash, Chet, Lee, Stumonkey, Mike C, Greg L, and new since we last spoke, Woo. Karen, who we spoke about at the beginning <laughs> of the show. We had her email. Awesome. Thank you, Karen. And then there's those YouTube members that include folks like Aaron, Miss So, Blasting and Stash, and T2, Pale Blue, Mike M, Marcus Dubaka, Mike B, and Mike C. Some overlap in there. Super, super generous people. Wow. If you would like to join this roster of amazing human beings that support Gen X Grown Up, George, would you kindly tell the fourth listeners how they can get that done? Yes, sir. All you have to do is jump on your trolley, head over to GenXGrownUp.com <laughs> slash Patreon, Patreon.com slash GenXGrownUp. You create one of those free accounts, you head over to the subscription side, and you decide which level you'd like to support us at. $1, $2, $3 per lidge. We're happy for anything you give us. Mm-hmm. There's different levels of extras that you get with those different things. There's behind-the-scenes stuff. There's some swag. If you're not interested in the Patreon route, you can head over to YouTube. Go to our YouTube channel, Gen X Grown Up, and right next to the subscribe button, there's a little join button. Click that join button, $2.99 a month. You get all these cool little icons right next to your name. Every month they progress, just like they do in Pac-Man. You get all these little <laughs> emojis that you get to use. Have a blast. Join us in our live chats. We love to call attention to those YouTube members out there, and we really appreciate everything you do for us. Absolutely. Well said. That's going to do it for this episode. We, of course, will be back in two weeks with another Backtrack. Next week is our regular edition of our show. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Oh, man, always fun. And fourth listener, it's you. We all appreciate most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. I think we talked about it yesterday. We were saying it kind of overlapped the two. But Alexa, mute. <laughs> <laughs>